selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. August 19th, 2003, Northport, Alabama. 11-year-old Heaven Lachey Ross was last seen walking towards the bus stop on a stormy Tuesday morning, only minutes behind her beloved older sister. Shay raced out the door to catch up, but Shay never made it to school that day, and three years and three months later, Shay's remains were found in a crawl space of an abandoned home only eight miles away from her home. Despite Shay's murder being the most publicised criminal case in Alabama's history, it is one of the few that remained unsolved. It is unclear how Shay died and no one has ever been arrested or charged with her murder. This is Shay's story. Heaven Lachey Ross was born June 11, 1992, to mother Beth Lowry. It is not clear who Shay's father is. He isn't mentioned in any news article that I could find. But at some point, Beth would enter into a long-term relationship with Kevin Thompson. And Shay, as well as her older sister, Alex, they looked up to Kevin as their own father. He was their father in their mind. And wherever Kevin was, there was Shay. The two in particular had a strong father-daughter bond. The family lived in Willowbrook Trailer Park in Northport, Alabama. Beth, Kevin, 11-year-old Shay, and her oldest sister, 13-year-old Alex. Beth also had another child, Blake, but he was already grown and no longer living with the family at the time this story takes place in August 2003. Now, Northport was not a family-friendly area. It was full of low socioeconomic families, low-income trailer parks, and it had a high crime rate. Drug abuse and illegal sex work activities were also prevalent in the area. All in all, it wasn't ideal, but it was all Beth and Kevin could afford, so they made the best of their situation. And by all accounts, Shay and Alex were happy and thriving and doing well in school with a bunch of friends. 
Unfortunately, Beth and Kevin's relationship had extreme highs and lows, where there has been some indication of domestic violence from Kevin towards his wife, and that Kevin perhaps had an explosive temper. In 2000, Shay was listed as a witness when Kevin was charged with harassment following a domestic dispute. As Shay had attempted to run for help, Kevin had allegedly pushed her over. No charges were ever filed, so what actually happened that day, it's unclear. But given this is a true crime story and an unsolved murder, it is relevant to share all the details that are available. But outside of that incident, there didn't appear to be any violence between Kevin and the girls. By August 2003... Shay joined Alex at Collins Riverside Junior High School, where she had just started the sixth grade. Shay was known as a good kid who loved playing the trombone. She not only loved trombone, but she excelled. Shay was known as a walking contradiction. It was not unusual for Shay to come home with her fiery red hair covered in dirt from playing in the creek with the neighbourhood boys. But Shay could be also very girly. She was learning to highlight her beautiful hazel eyes with some makeup. She'd started writing her thoughts and feelings in a diary, bright pink, her favourite colour. Shay was also at an age where she was starting to develop an interest in boys, and she wrote about a local boy she was crushing on, and how much she idolised her older sister. Shay also loved butterflies, with butterfly stickers covering every available surface in her small bedroom. Tuesday, August 19th, 2003, was a stormy morning. The family got up early to get ready for school and work. The girls would usually walk the very short 50-yard walk to their bus stop to get to school. Shay, only being a few days into her junior high experience, seemed to be struggling with her backpack. Alex didn't have the patience, so she left without her younger sister. Kevin offered to give Shay a ride to the bus stop. But being at an age where you are stubborn and you don't want help, Shay insisted that she would be fine and left for the bus stop five minutes after Alex at 6.55am. The bus was due to arrive 20 minutes later. Why the girls left that early if it was only a minute walk to the bus stop and there was about a half an hour wait, it's not clear. Putting myself in a long-ago pre-teen mindset... I would assume the early departure was to meet with friends at the bus stop. A short gossip session before the bus arrived. Maybe the boy she had a crush on was also getting the bus. The half-hour time period between Alex leaving home and the bus arriving at the bus stop, it's mentioned quite a bit on True Crime and Unsolved Mysteries online forums. But I really think it's just another factor that distracts from the important factors of the case. I really don't think it's important or pertaining to Shay's disappearance and murder. What this does give us, though, is witness sightings. Three people would later report seeing Shay leave the trailer and heading towards the bus stop. And there was nothing unusual. She wasn't seen with anyone, wasn't talking to anyone, no car stopping and picking her up. A teenager walking to the bus stop saw Shay leaving home, a neighbour looked out of their window just at the moment Shay walked past. And then a third woman, who lived close to the bus stop, 
She saw Shay walking down Hunter Creek Road towards said bus stop. The woman described Shay down to a T, from her curly red hair, her hot pink Bratz brand t-shirt, matching pink capris and baby blue suede tennis shoes. Exactly what she was wearing that day. Shay was only in her line of vision for a few seconds and then she was gone. This woman could not confirm whether or not Shay made it to the bus stop. Just moments after Shay left at 7am, thunder began to rumble. Shay was deathly afraid of thunder and Kevin knew this. Already frustrated with Shay's stubbornness, if only she let him drive her. He jumped into his car to intercept the girls at the bus stop and just drive them both to school. But when he got to the bus stop, only Alex was there. There was no sign of Shay. Confused, maybe he somehow missed her and Shay had returned home to avoid the storm. Maybe she had second thoughts about that ride to school, but that wasn't the case. Shay wasn't on the route between the bus stop and the family trailer, and she wasn't waiting for him there either. This was when confusion and frustration changed to panic, and Kevin was forced to tell Beth that he couldn't find her youngest child. Beth shared Kevin's panic. She knew immediately something happened to Shay. Shay had a perfect attendance record. She loved school. She had a lot of friends. She did really well at school. Shay was also a homebody. During summer break, Shay went to stay with her grandmother in Gulf Shores for three weeks, but this only lasted three days before she returned home, homesick for her family. Beth knew her daughter wouldn't skip school or wander away. Someone else must have been involved, and Shay was reported missing to police. Despite Shay being only just turned 11 years old, police didn't feel any urgency in finding the missing schoolgirl. The police told Beth and Kevin there was no need to worry about it and she would be home by that afternoon, that she just took off with some friends. Again, Beth was insistent that this was not Shay, but police held firm. And because there was no evidence of an abduction, Shay wasn't seen getting into or being forced into a car, no Amber Alert would ever be issued. Northport Police Sergeant Kerry Card would front the media, quote, We can't call it an abduction because if anyone saw it, they haven't told us. Until that happens, if that would happen, an Amber Alert cannot be issued, unquote. It wouldn't be until four that afternoon that police would do anything. A team of law enforcement agents would conduct door-to-door searches throughout the Willowbrook Trailer Park, and neighbours were more than willing to help out, without question. They allowed police unrestricted access to their homes to verify that Shay wasn't there. By the following morning, police realised their initial theory was wrong and that they had lost crucial hours. By this point, almost 24 hours had passed. If she had been abducted, she could literally be anywhere. A mobile command centre was set up in the trailer park, where it would remain for 10 weeks. Agents from local, state and federal law enforcement were all present to try and make up for lost time. I cannot imagine just how angry Beth would have been feeling. She told authorities from the start her daughter would not have run away. Neighbours would come out in droves to aid in the search. 
Hundreds of volunteers spent days and weeks trying to find any evidence of where Shay had gone. Local businesses wanting to help too raised a reward of initially $5,000, but this reward would eventually increase to where it is today, $70,000. But not only that, Olive Garden and Kmart provided more than enough food and water for volunteers and police. Winn-Dixie donated enough yellow ribbon so that all the searchers and family could wear in Shay's memory. Kinko's and Office Max worked together to quickly produce thousands and thousands of missing persons flyers at no cost to the family, which Beth and Kevin needed. Beth could not bring herself to return to the family trailer and would not spend one night there after Shay disappeared due to her grief and trauma of missing her youngest child. Officers were eager to make up for lost time. Local law enforcement spoke with as many of Shay's classmates to see if any of them might know where she was or where she could have gone. But the children appeared just as baffled as the police, and Shay didn't have access to a cell phone or computer, so it was soon ruled out the possibility that Shay had fallen prey to an online predator. In the meantime, the FBI pulled surveillance footage from Steve's Grill and Billiards, which was located close enough to the bus stop that its surveillance cameras picked up cars that would drive past the bus stop. But nothing of interest would be uncovered. During the early days of the investigation, the sheriff purchased the exact shirt, the bright pink Bratz shirt, that Shay had been wearing when she went missing, and he hung it up inside his office. Unfortunately, the police conceded that at this point, they were most likely searching for a body and the sheriff wanted to make sure his deputies knew exactly what to look for, that Shay was always at the forefront of their minds, that they didn't forget this little girl was out there and they needed to bring her home. As is the norm with missing children cases, Shay's parents, Beth and Kevin, were investigated thoroughly especially given the past domestic dispute concerns involving Shay. And there were other incidents that happened that we will get to in a minute, but Beth and Kevin did nothing to not bring suspicion upon them. And to this day, go to any online true crime and unsolved mysteries forum, and the age-old The Stepfather Killed Her is the first theory that is mentioned. But I'm going to show my hand now, It doesn't make sense that Kevin or Beth or both are involved in any way in Shay's disappearance. We know for a fact that Shay left the house that morning. Multiple witnesses saw her and described what she was wearing down to the Bratz logo on the back of her pants. And Alex corroborated that Kevin came to the bus stop less than five minutes after Shay was last seen. This does not leave much time to kill Shay and hide her body. Yes, she was small. She was 4 foot 6 and 80 pounds. But still, I don't believe five minutes is sufficient time to carry out this crime. And if he was going to kill her, why would he wait until she after she left the house? Why not do it before she left? Beth was at work that morning. There was no other witnesses. But to appease the police and nosy neighbours with their rumours... Beth and Kevin voluntarily submitted to polygraph examinations about Shay's disappearance, and both would pass with flying colours. Authorities would publicly declare that Beth and Kevin were not at all suspected of any involvement in Shay going missing. 
Beth telling detectives that she believed her daughter accepted a ride from someone she knew and that this person killed her. And to me, this makes sense, because the bus stop was not on the main road and not a place where someone was just passing through would spot a young girl walking towards. And because the walk was so short, it doesn't make sense that she would accept a ride from a stranger over just walking to the bus stop not considering she declined her stepfather's offer only minutes before. The only scenario that makes sense was she was walking towards the bus stop. The thunder started and she got into the car of someone she knew, or thought she knew, to avoid the storm. Just when the attention should have been solely back on the investigation... Police were called to a physical argument between Beth and the team leader of the volunteer searches. Beth was accusing her of stealing $500 in donations. The team leader was saying that Beth was the one to misplace it. It was just more negative attention that the case did not need. Not long after this, in mid-September 2003, five weeks after Shay was last seen, a suspicious fire was reported at the family's trailer. Remember, the family was not living there at this point, but the fire was contained to Shay's bedroom and destroyed many of the missing girl's belongings. Arson investigators believed the fire had been set intentionally, and while the family didn't have any idea who would have done such a thing, I mean, who would? The family was going through so much already. But Beth suggested that she believed the underlying issue here was because she and Kevin were a poor interracial couple living in a trailer park, and this alone made them a target. Although there has never been any evidence uncovered to prove this, although I guess there's never been anything found to disprove this for that matter either. It would be around this time that police would receive their first solid tip. September 18, 2003, police announced they picked up a local man, 21-year-old Evan Ryland. Evan had a connection to Shay's family. He was friends with her older brother, Blake. He even helped Blake hide out when he ran away from home. And Evan had been seen in the company of a young girl around Shay's age. When police eventually caught up with him, he was harbouring two 16-year-old runaways, but Shay wasn't with him and Evan said he didn't know where she was. After a thorough investigation, police determined he had nothing to do with Shay's disappearance and he was cleared as a suspect. Life for families with missing children become particularly hard around the holidays and Shay's family were no exception to this. They did what they could to remain optimistic Beth bought presents for Shay and wrapped them in Christmas-themed paper so it could be placed under the tree, something that Beth would continue doing every Christmas and birthday. And despite everyone's best efforts, unfortunately, Shay would not return home to open them, and Christmas and New Year would come and go without any sign of the missing child. And then on Shay's 12th birthday, June 11, 2004, her family released dozens of balloons with Shay's picture and description attached. Quote, We're hoping that the balloons will reach someone who knows something about what happened to my daughter. Unquote. Shay's disappearance received a lot of publicity, both local and nationally. Her disappearance featured on several TV shows, including America's Most Wanted. 
Because of this, plenty of tips came streaming in during those first few months of the investigation. And every few weeks, police would receive a promising phone call from a potential witness, adamant that they had seen Shay. These calls came from all over the country, but they always led to dead ends. And like any long-term missing persons case, the tips trickled to a stop over time. Detectives eventually exhausted all available leads and Shay remained missing. December 19, 2006, an abandoned home along a dirt road off of Crescent Ridge Road in Holt, Alabama, around eight miles away from the trailer park where Shay had been last seen. A man and his dog collecting cans thought he would try his luck inside the home. Whilst in there, his dog ran off and scurried into a tight crawl space. When the man went to fetch him, he stumbled upon human skeletal remains. As soon as deputies arrived on the scene, they saw a tiny, heavily decomposed skeleton encased in a hot pink Bratz shirt, the same shirt they'd been looking at for years. They knew they had found Shay. Her body had been stuffed into the crawl space that was filled with broken bottles, cans and trash. Her book bag was found only a few feet away from her body. Now, as I said at the top of the episode, this region was a hotbed for poverty, drugs and other unsavoury activities. And this house was known to police for being a place where people went to use drugs and participate in illegal sex work. This house was in the middle of nowhere. And because it was in the middle of nowhere, police strongly believed that someone local to the area, or once local to the area, would have been the one responsible for placing Shay there. But due to the activities that were partaken in the home, police didn't have any luck with pleads for someone to come forward with information, possibly due to fear or repercussion from the person or persons responsible, or from the police themselves due to their own criminal history. It was just another dead end for the investigation. Online true crime and unsolved mysteries forums have theorised that there may have been a serial killer, a child predator, operating in the area, preying on young girls like Shay. Other cases that Shay's murder have been connected to are the murders of Shannon Polk and Teresa Dean, as well as the disappearance of Tabitha Tutors, and there are compelling arguments that maybe these crimes could be related. Shay, Shannon and Teresa were all murdered in the month of August. Maybe the killer celebrating the anniversary of his crimes by committing another. All three girls were the same age and they all lived in trailer parks. While Tabitha was older by two years, the resemblance between her and Shay are haunting. They look so similar that some websites mistakenly use one photo for the other. They have the same hair colour and style. They have freckles and even wore the same colour shirt in their school photos. Both girls went missing on a Tuesday at around 7am from a bus stop. Tabitha's family even felt the same frustration as Shay's when police failed to issue an Amber Alert, telling the tutors that Tabitha had simply run away and showing that the families and friends of missing children are just one massive amazing family, volunteers that helped in the search for Tabitha travelled from Tennessee to Alabama to help in the search for Shay. 
August 15, 1999, Macon, Georgia. 11-year-old Teresa Dean said goodbye to her mother, telling her she was going to her neighbours to see their new puppies before heading to visit her friend. She never arrived at either home and never returned home to her family. Several miles of forest area and mining pits were searched, but no sign of Teresa was ever found. This story does have more questionable twists and turns involving her mother and stepfather. However, neither have been named as official suspects. This is despite Teresa's stepfather failing a polygraph and her mother refusing to take one. And then two years later, 11-year-old Shannon Polk went missing on August 16, 2001. Shannon left her trailer in Prattville, Alabama by 9am to play with friends. She never returned home. Almost six weeks later, on August 6, 2001, Shannon's tiny body would be found by two rabbit hunters. Her body had been tied with a rope and wrapped in a trash bag. And like with Shay, Shannon was found in an isolated area that would only be known by someone familiar with that area. Only two years later and 90 miles away, Shay would also go missing and then later be found murdered. April 23, 2003, as I said, only four months before Shay disappeared, 13-year-old Tabitha Tutors went missing while walking to the bus stop to go to school in Nashville, Tennessee. Tabitha never made it to school that day, and the school didn't think to call her mother and tell her that Tabitha was absent, meaning critical hours passed before anyone knew that Tabitha was missing. And unfortunately, almost 20 years later, no sign of Tabitha has ever been found. Regardless of all the similarities between the cases that simply cannot be ignored, the FBI deemed there is no evidence to tie these cases together. And to date, they are not believed to be linked. Four days after Shay's remains were found... December 23, 2006, her family were finally able to lay Shay to rest. More than 130 people attended her funeral at the Wills Funeral Service Chapel to pay their final respects to a beautiful little girl who loved her family in butterflies and the colour pink. After the service, Beth would tell the media that she would not be able to have true closure until the monster responsible for killing her daughter was arrested and convicted. Beth would also admit that not even she knew how her daughter died. The police holding this information very close to their chest to protect the integrity of the investigation. However, they would later admit to finding some unspecified evidence at the abandoned home where Shay was found, which by some miracle was preserved, despite being there for years exposed to extreme elements. And while police have had suspects and persons of interest throughout the years, there has never been significant enough evidence to make an arrest. Heaven Lachey Ross's murder remains unsolved. If you have any information regarding the unsolved murder of Heaven Lachey Ross, please contact the Tuscaloosa County Sheriff's Office on 205-752-0616. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, 
or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives. Please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, like the page so you don't miss an episode, and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice and subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Does your Tuesday night dinner sound like this? Does it get your taste buds dancing like this? Or does your dinner sound more like this? Then it's time to grab your dinner by the box. Travel the globe with your taste buds from just £3.14 a meal. Make dinner more exciting with Gusto. Choose from over 75 tasty recipes delivered to your door every week. Sign up at gusto.co.uk and give it some. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. <laughs>